Hello and welcome to this edition of our AWS podcast series, Innovation Ambassadors. I'm Sarah Armstrong, and as Senior Manager for Worldwide Prototyping at AWS, along with my AWS co-hosts from around the world, we'll act as your ambassadors to some of the most interesting engagements with our AWS Solutions Architecture prototyping teams. Every episode, we provide you with a roadmap to innovation and technology solutions. We're so glad you joined us on this journey. On this episode of Innovation Ambassadors, we're showcasing the journey of VTEX, a global enterprise digital commerce platform that enables brands and retailers to achieve faster time to market. We'll learn about VTEX's work with our prototyping team in Brazil to build out a new business health monitoring platform to provide actionable and near real-time business insights. They'll help merchants in 38 countries around the world to proactively uncover opportunities to optimize their business operations. I'd like to welcome to the studio Paulo Mancores, Director of Software Engineering at Vtex. Thanks for joining us, Paulo. Thank you, Sarah, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here sharing my two cents. And also from Vtex, we have Igor Travares, Principal Data Engineer for Vtex. Igor, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Sarah. I'm really happy to be here. And from AWS, we have Rafael Martins, Senior Technical Program Manager from our prototyping team in Brazil. Always great to catch up with you, Rafael. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with our rockstar customers, Igor and Paulo, and talk about our journey today. Absolutely. So, Paulo, can you, for our international listeners, tell us a little bit about the mission of Vtex? We are a digital commerce software as a service platform for large companies and retailers around the globe. Our clients using our platform can manage their digital commerce strategy all in one platform. And you have thousands of customers all over the world? Yes, we have around 3,000 customers around 32 countries. Tell us a little bit about this health monitoring system that you wanted to build out. In our data organization, we had a specific theme that we would like to focus that is giving peace of mind to our merchants. We really want to make them worry only about what really matters to their business because we would have their back in the other stuff. So we decided like to build a solution where we would be the first ones to know if something is not going well, like in different perspectives, looking your infrastructure, looking your business metrics. We would say, hey, my friend, you have something here that you should look and you should do something about that might be hurting your business. And so, Igor, you're the principal data engineer here. Now, your responsibility maybe is to build this whole system out. And this is the first time the team is going to use machine learning. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. It, it was a huge challenge. We already had been doing advanced analytics for a while, but that time we went beyond, right? And to do that with more confidence, we did that with our expert teams, the AWS innovation team with the Rafael's team. Talk to us a little bit, Rafael, about what that journey was. So we have a broad vision of this observability and health monitoring platform. Talk to us a little bit about how we approach that technical validation that we're going to do during prototyping. So we are a prototyping team, Sarah, and pretty much what we do is that we help customers see the art of the possible. 
So the use case was well-defined by Paolo, Igor, and their team. So our job here was to make it come to reality and work together alongside their technical team. So we start from the innovation approach that Amazon call working backwards, where we put the customer in the center. We answer five questions related to their issue and their goal. And from there, we define a technical plan to define the execution, how we're going to get there, and we jump towards the build. In the builds, we're going to test, we're going to get some things right, and we're going to fail. In the end, what we are trying to do is to provide Paolo and Igor with some business metrics that we define so that they can say, yes, I see that the AWS services can help me get where I need to be. So that's the journey that we look here to build together. Paulo, talk us through a few of those key success metrics that you were really looking for in this engagement. In the first moment, we thought that we would like to monitor like just infrastructure metrics, like error rate, the latency, the throughput, like in order to say, hey, there is something wrong with your operation. But we saw that it's not this kind of success that we would like to give to our customers. So based on that said, let's understand their business. Let's understand like what are the key metrics that we could take a look in order to say for our customers that there is something wrong with their operations. So then we start monitoring number of sessions, page views, number of orders. Based on that, we could make some assumptions. Hey, in this time window, you are selling much more than it's expected. Maybe you have something wrong with your pricing. Maybe you have something wrong with a product that you put there. So we shifted from looking for the infrastructure perspective to start looking like for business metrics that our customers are looking every day. And so, Igor, that actually becomes a challenge because it's not just one customer that you're trying to do that for, right? Yeah, one of the biggest challenges was how to monitor the business metrics of all these 3,000 customers because it's already a challenge when you have to do that with your own digital commerce. But when you have to do that at scale, like we did, so it became machine learning ops challenge, right? It's more about how to scale that and how to adapt each model to each specific customer sazonality, right? Because we have a lot of different customers here. We have uh, supermarkets, we have grocery stores, we have electronic stores, we have everything, 3,000 different stores. So we have to adapt the model to understand the specifics of each model. And also add on top of that, as a global company, we also need to be aware, like for example, on Chile, they have Cyber Monday more than once a year. So when you are talking about anomaly detection, understanding that is extremely important. In Brazil and in our, all over the world, you have Black Friday. The models need to adapt to that. Or the company's day where they are selling everything for the half of the price, you also need to understand that. So it's not just one model that fits for all of our customers. The business of our customers are also different. So detecting anomaly for a tier one customer at Vitex is completely different from detecting for a tier three customer, but it, they are all sharing like the same research. So definitely this is a, it was a very strong constraint for the team to design the final solution. So Rafael, take us through a little bit of the architecture. 
It all starts with where is this data located? By the time we join, the first challenge that we face alongside Vitex team is how are we able to crawl this data and organize in a way where we can pull all the data that is required to generate a model that is good enough and to get this data on the time that we need it. So speed also matters here in terms of latency and in order to be agile on the expected outcome. So for the prototype purpose, we started in a batch approach where we use the data gather into S3 and we use Athena to query that data. And we went for a serverless approach using AWS Lambda, DynamoDB, and API Gateway as a as an engine structure of the architecture here. And we leverage Amazon SageMaker as the core machine learning service here to train the model and not only train, but make sure that all the machine learning operational, the ML ops, was going to be put in place. And this model can be retrained in the end and with a certain frequency and output the results in a dashboarding quick site to be able to see the results that are expected. In addition to what Rafael just said, I also would like to say that we also leverage on open source technology, right? We use a blend of AWS service with open source technology. So we used Apache Spark, for example. We used Profit from Facebook to do the forecasting and also AWS Data Wrangler for the ETL. So I think we did it with that blend. And you're actually in parallel, you actually did a whole data transformation of your data layer, is that right? Yes, exactly. Because the first takeaway from this engagement with the Rafael's team was not even the prototype itself. It was to understand that we needed a more robust data platform because we would like to create many other models after that. So in parallel, we started this initiative to create our own. We already had one, but now we are creating something more robust and more prepared for machine learning models. And we started to do that. And at some time, we migrated before going to production, we migrate the prototype to run on top of this data platform. So just to give some examples here, now we have this data platform, a data lake, a lake house actually, and we are using Redshift as the center, as the heart of the data. And we are also using Kinesis a lot. Uh, we still keep this serverless approach. So we are using Lambda a lot, Kinesis a lot, so, and, and so on. And Paulo, those two different initiatives that are really going on kind of side by side and informing each other, aren't they, in terms of the technology approach that's needed? Yes, definitely, definitely. This for us, it's a game changer because I felt like we were in the reactive mode that it's pretty much like being told by our customers, hey, there is something wrong, do something about it. And now like we are moving for the proactive mode where we are telling our customers, hey, you should be looking for that. And what is even better, it's for sometimes it's for mistakes that they are not even considering that this is a mistake. And so like we are definitely using data to help our customers to make better informed decisions. This is extremely powerful in the e-commerce area today because I feel like the data is what makes the difference for a company gets better than another one. You know, we often talk in this podcast about innovation and Rafael mentioned experimentation and, and it is about learning and failing and iterating through these processes. Can you share an example, Igor, of something that didn't go maybe as expected or something that we had to go revisit? Like Rafael said, we started for the sake of speed. We started with a micro batch approach, actually. So we run for each 10 minutes our inference. 
and we detect if there is or not an anomaly for each one of our merchants. But it was not enough for production, right? And we tried to stretch the same architecture as is to production. So we tried to put more customers because the prototype was not handling all our customers, right? I think we started with eight customers. So we tried to add more customers on that. We tried to decrease the latency too, but it didn't make it. It didn't work. And we had to stop and re-architecturing and rethink how we will do to go to production, right? We replaced the batch architecture for a streaming one. So we are using Spark Streaming right now to aggregate. And we have a latency of one minute. Uh, that is enough for our purpose. And we are already using the, the data from our data platform that I already mentioned that it's on Redshift right now. There's always that balance, isn't there, between that latency and cost performance and optimization. And Yeah, it's, it's always a trade-off. And Rafael, that's sort of part of the, the expectation, right? That's completely part of the expectation. Like right? We like to say here that if you're not failing, then you're not innovating. Because as Jeff Bezos once said, innovation and failure are like siblings. They, they walk hand in hand. So the goal for us is not to be flawless here in prototyping. If we're going to fail, then we fail smart and we fail fast and we learn from it. And in the end, we expect that those failures will help us move in the correct direction and it's awesome to see that the Vitex team is, was able to overcome and, and now expand it to multiple customers. Paulo, how, how are you guys doing in terms of expanding that? So uh, right now, we are rolling out for almost 300 accounts. And basically, our first customers are our customer success. That they are basically, we integrate our solution with QuickSight and they can like understand what is going on on the business of the merchants and like proactively reach out to the merchants. This is the first stage of the, uh, the project where we are adding like a value already because our merchant success, they were in a blind spot. And then uh, the second stage, it's pretty much creating specific visualizations for our merchants. So that you'll be able to use their admin and having these informations and having like a, a, a smarter system in terms of notifications where they will be able to configure which kind of alerts they want to receive, like what is the, uh, the range that is acceptable, what it's not. And then the second stage, to be rolling out globally for all of our merchants in the admin platform. Really being able to do some tests, field testing, if you will, and, and really then getting to what those customizations are that your end merchants really want to see. Yeah, when you are launching these kind of products, they are very tricky because they need to be reliable. If they start giving too many false alerts, the merchants, you start, oh, no, this software is not good. I will start ignoring. It's just noise. And we want to avoid that. We want to make sure this is the best friend of our merger in terms of observability, that they really rely what is that. So improving the accuracy is extremely important. So this is the reason that we are taking like in baby steps in order to set this product to success. I'm wondering if you have some advice or reflections for our listeners who might be wanting to take an innovation journey of their own. Igor, what were some of your reflections out of this experiment? 
the main takeaway to me is to learn uh, that it's okay to fail during an innovation process. The partnership was really great. We even had another part engagement with AWS after that. We had another engagement with the AWS Data Lab team. This engagement with Rafael Shim was the beginning of this strong relationship between these two companies. Rafael, how about you? What were your key takeaways here? I have a plus one on Igor's comment, but outside of that, uh, I like to highlight uh, the importance of being flexible in terms of the development paths and technical choices uh, alongside the prototype and the production line, because sometimes you have a view of where you want to go and the technical path that you plan to select, but during the route, you're going to see that that might need to change. And depending on the time, you might need to switch paths. So we started as a batch approach because the speed matter and we need to showcase, and Vitex needed to showcase internally uh, the potential of the two. But for the time that it needed to scale, then they needed to change the architectures. And Paolo, how about you? Final words. First, understanding like your limitations in terms of data, our data pipelines, how can we actually serve the metrics that we would like to inform as an output? It was a challenge for us because we were not there yet. So I think this product leveraged a lot our data foundation, what was very, very nice to see. Uh, the second thing that it was uh, very, very important to uh, to me for this project, it was the partnership with AWS. I think they were able to cover our blind spots. This was uh, extremely important for us. It's not about to be right or wrong. It was like, hey, this I think it's going to work better. This is not. So they were like always transparent and straight to us. Working with this team was, was very important to us. And the third one here at Vitex, we don't have the luxury to not build scalable and extensible solutions since the day one. We need to do that. Everything for us, it's a product. Everything for us will be connected to an ecosystem that we need to make sure that those constraints, even if it's starting a project, they are there. Otherwise, they will become a big problem for us. So it was very interesting to see this journey. we pivoting, we changing technical tools that we, were, we made previously. We learned a lot. Paulo, Igor, Rafael, again, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your journey with us. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Thanks, Sarah, Paulo, Igor. It was a pleasure. I'd like to thank our listeners for coming on today's journey with us. Innovation Ambassadors is a production of the AWS Media Series. Look for future episodes of our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite streaming platform. If you have ideas for future episodes or comments on this one, send us a tweet at hashtag AWS Innovation Ambassadors and share your thoughts. Thank you.